All right, welcome to uh, Viking Tech Talks. I'm Jim Lake. I'm here again with Sean Kramer. And uh, we're going to be, this week, we're going to be uh, talking about uh, frequently asked questions about Viking dry systems. And uh, in no particular order, these are just kind of a, a top 10 that that uh, come into our technical services department. Uh, so, Sean, let's fire away the, the, the first one here. We'll go with um, uh, this this question is that a uh, person installed an E1 accelerator with the uh, with the trim that came with it, but he does not know what this device with the plunger is used for. <laughs> well, that's a common uh, question to come across, Jim, as with the model E1 accelerator, once the F1 drive pipe valve trips, the water fills up the trim. So you have to have a way of preventing the water from getting to the accelerator and flooding it out. So the little device with the plunger on it is called a float check valve. Mm -hmm. It has a little nylon ball inside of it that will float on the water and it will seal off the path to the accelerator to prevent water from getting to it and it flooding out. Now this is actually the third variation of this trim that we've had. So this is our current trim. And if we go back to earlier trim with the Model E1 accelerator, where customers may see this as well because they might have older trim installed and need to update it with the uh, newer float check valve on there, the, the original uh, trim for the E1 accelerator actually connected before the check valve for coming in with the air supply. And that's how it prevented the water. Mm -hmm. And then the second uh, variation of it it had the ball in there. This was the original float check valve. It had the ball in there, but over time you get debris and sediment built up on it. But it just had the ball. It didn't have a plunger to reset that ball. Mm -hmm. So after time, if you built up that debris, that ball would get stuck in the closed position, and then you would not be able to get any air pressure to your E1 accelerator to set it back oh, up. Yeah. So this third variation and what we have now today that you would see with it, it has the plunger on it. So if that ball gets stuck in the closed position, you can just hit that plunger, reset the ball, and then you're able to reset up the accelerator. So one, one of the uh, things to pay attention to with that is just make sure that if you are going to push on that plunger, that there's no water in the trim at the time, because mm -hmm. if you push that ball back down and there's water coming up to the bottom of it, you could easily flood out your accelerator. Okay, all right. Um, so next question then is, uh, this person has uh, writes that there are two drip check valves and plungers uh, on each and they look different. Uh, which one would I use on the Model F dry valve? Well, what we have with our two different drip check valves is one you'll see on the deluge and the pre-action systems. Mm -hmm. And the plunger on it looks a little bit different than the one on the model F dry pipe valve. And the one that's used for the deluge and pre-action systems that has a spherical ball on it where it's more of a flat knob on the one on the model F dry pipe valve. And it's very important to make sure that the proper one is put on the model F dry pipe valve. Mm -hmm. What happens with the differences between the two is actually internally. So yep. there's a ball that's going to get seated off and it's going to close off the one that's used on the Model F dry pipe valve entirely. However, the one that's used on the deluge and pre-action systems, that one never fully closes off. It actually has two notches drilled into that drip check valve. So even when the ball seats, you're still going to have water flowing out of it through the second notch that's drilled into it. Mm -hmm. 
The reason that's so important to not install the improper one on the model F dry pipe valve is because the intermediate chamber where the air or water goes when it's going to activate the valve, it builds up pressure in there and that ball seats off at approximately 12 PSI. So what happens, that ball seats off, your intermediate chamber now fills up with the water air pressure and trips your dry pipe valve. Okay. However, if you install the, the wrong one on there, the one that never closes off, it's gonna delay the activation of the dry pipe valve because you're gonna have that air escaping through that second notch and not be able to establish your uh, differential in the intermediate chamber as quick as you usually would. Okay. Um, when the opening, uh, when opening the prime level test valve on this particular drive system, on my drive system, um, I get water coming out of the piping and into the drain cup. Uh, that's not supposed to happen. So what what's causing that? Well, when we see prime water developing on top of the Model F drive pipe valve, we have on the right-hand side of the valve when you're facing it what's called the prime level test valve. And a lot of people think that the, the prime level test valve means that you need prime water on the valve. Mm -hmm. uh, first off, I just want to mention you don't need any prime water on our dry pipe valves to get them uh, in the closed position. So what it's there for is inadvertent prime water building up on top of the valve. Oh, okay. So if you have areas where you have a, a lot of uh, temperature changes, go from hot to cold yeah. uh, with the piping, or if you have a lot of it pitched back to the riser with not a lot of low point drains throughout your system, mm -hmm. what you can see is over time, sometimes water will collect on top of that dry pipe valve. Mm -hmm. And since we have a six to one differential on the dry pipe valve, if you get a 10 foot column of water, sure. We know yeah. that you know it's about a half PSI per foot. So mm -hmm. if we look at that, that's like five PSI on top of the dry pipe valve for a 10 foot column. Right. However, we got to take in consideration the six to one differential. So now it's like we're putting 30 PSI additional on top of that dry pipe valve. Sure. And if you only have say 60 PSI water pressure coming in, that could severely delay the activation. Mm -hmm. And if your column gets too high, then that could uh, cause the delay to be even further on the operation of the dry pipe valve. Mm -hmm. So what we developed was a device called an anti-column device. It's our mm -hmm. LD1 anti-column device. And if you ever open up that prime level test valve and you get that water coming out, you just connect the LD1 anti-column device into the trim right by that prime level test valve and it'll automatically drain off so that you never get an inadvertent water column building up on top of the valve. Okay, so this can be retroactively, the, the, the anti-columning can be put on after the fact. If, if you're consistently causing, or if you're consistently experiencing this, it's something we can they can purchase and put on uh, sure. after the fact. Yeah, definitely. If, if they know it's going to be an issue up front because they've experienced with other dry systems, they can mm -hmm. install it from the start. But we, we see it all the time in retrofit applications where it's noticed later on as well. Okay. Uh, our next question is that the, while testing the F1 dry valve, uh, he's testing this and he opened the alarm test valve connection and the valve activated. So we opened the alarm test valve connection and the valve activated. How would that happen? Well, I've seen that happen in a few different instances uh, and it has to do with the half inch swing check valve that's in the trim. Mm -hmm. So when the valve trips and activates, 
the water is going to fill the intermediate chamber. It's going to travel out into the trim through the flow direction of that swing check valve to go mm -hmm. and pressurize your alarm. Right. However, when you just want to test the alarm and not trip the system, you have your alarm test valve connected to the inlet and it goes past that swing check valve in the reverse of the flow direction so it doesn't go down to the intermediate chamber mm -hmm. and trip the dry pipe valve. So you can test your alarm and then there's a small restriction so you can bleed off the pressure and clear the alarm. Mm -hmm. So when we see this happen, somehow the water's getting past that swing check valve into the intermediate chamber. Sometimes there's just uh, debris that could be stuck in there that's holding it in the open position. Mm -hmm. If it's an existing system, uh, in new installations, be careful that the swing check valve, the, the flow arrow is in the proper direction. We've seen mm -hmm. it where it could possibly be installed in the reverse direction, which means that the flow is going right to the intermediate chamber oh, okay. at that point in time and it trips the system. Mm -hmm. Alrighty. Oh, here's a, here's one we were talking about earlier and, and it, it has to do with uh, an eight inch dry valve. So this particular question is regarding looking for an eight inch dry valve, which we don't carry in, in specific as the F and G's. So what's the solution if, I've, if, I, if this, this reader, writer uh, needs an eight inch dry valve that Viking doesn't, I mean, we don't carry it in the F and G series. So how do we, how do we solve that problem? Well, uh, as we know, 8-inch dry pipe systems really aren't that common because you have your water delivery times, and once you get that sure. large of capacity, it becomes difficult to meet your water delivery times. Okay. However, there are instances, of course, where you could possibly use an 8-inch dry valve, and if you have the proper water supply, still be able to meet your water delivery time. So in that case, we offer what we refer to as our HP dry system. Mm -hmm. It's our high pressure dry system, but it, it was an alternative before we came out with the Model G series valve to have a higher pressure dry system offering because the Model F stopped at 175. Right. However, it utilizes an F1 deluge valve, which we make up to eight inch. Sure. So in that case, if you need an eight inch system, the Model F and the Model G both stop at six inch so the model F1 deluge valve being used on the HP dry system, that would be a possibility to have an eight-inch dry system. Okay, so let, let me let's piggyback on this uh, this that answer with this next question because this one has goes specifically to that as well. Um, in, in this particular case, the questioner is saying that they need to install a dry system. Uh, the building owner wants to convert a pre-action system. Uh, it, it wants to convert to a pre-action system in the future. Okay, so they're looking forward to, the, they're starting with the dry, they're going to convert to a pre-action in the future. What would be our recommendation in order to provide this? This would be another uh, great option for the HP dry system that we offer mm -hmm. because seeing it already uses our F1 deluge valve, regardless of the size that we're using for it to be able to convert it down the road, it's offered uh, as the HP dry system and it uses the same conventional trim that our pre-action systems use. Mm -hmm. So all we're doing is changing the release trim from the HP dry system, it has its own special release trim. And then say you want to change it to a single interlock electric release, then you would order that electric release trim, swap out the HP dry release trim, 
and of course you have to get your release control panel at that time in your detection but as far as the riser and the trim goes all you're changing out is a, a, a few components to be able to convert it from a dry system into any type of pre-action system that you would want for the uh, physical alteration of the trim. Cool. All right. Uh, next question then is we're moving into a, a, a G series question. Um, this uh, person needs has a, a model G series drive valve that needs an accelerator. Now on our data sheet, it shows an E1 being installed, but for some reason I have a, he, he has a model, he has the D2 model accelerator. All right, can this one be used instead? Yeah, that question comes up in certain instances where you might only have a D2 accelerator on hand. You might be far away from a location where you could get the E1 accelerator. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's a job that needs to be completed right away. So using the D2 accelerator instead of the E1, both of them are listed with the Model G series dry pipe valve. They would be installed the exact same way as shown on our data sheet. Mm -hmm. The reason we only show the E1 accelerator is because the D2 has a built-in anti-flood device to prevent water from getting to it on the Model F dry pipe valve trim. Oh, okay. Yeah. On the Model G series, you have a check valve that's separating the water when the system trips to prevent water from getting up to where the accelerator is located. So the E1 doesn't have that built-in anti-flood device, but it's not needed on the Model G series. Okay. So that's why we offer the Model E as your option for the G series. However, if you do have a D2 accelerator, it's still listed with it. It's still going to work properly. Yeah, it's going to work. It's going to work fine. It's just a, a slightly different approach. Okay. Um, so once again, here, yeah, piggybacking on that one, and there's this Viking makes two. Uh, accelerators for dry pipe systems, the E1 and the D2, um, which, <laughs> wait a minute, they're all good. Which one do you recommend that this person uses? Well, what do we, so that's going to depend on the system that's being installed and the valve that you're selecting, isn't it? I mean, that's kind of what you just, what we just discussed. Yeah, right? that, that, that's exactly the case, Jim. It, both our accelerators are made for intended purposes for different types of systems. Mm -hmm. For example, the Model E1 accelerator, you can use that on uh, any of our systems where you would have an accelerator, but it doesn't have the built-in anti-flood device like the D2 does, mm -hmm. so it's common to see it on uh, pre-action systems, double okay. interlock pre-action systems where you might need to speed up the activation of the system, mm -hmm. and you don't have to worry about water getting back into where the accelerator is located at that point in time. Also, the Model G series, as we just previously discussed, that uses the E1 accelerator commonly mm -hmm. because you have the separation of the check valve to prevent the water from getting up to where the accelerator is located on that trim. Now, when it comes down to the Model F, both the D2 and the E1 accelerator can be used on the Model F dry pipe system. They used uh, different trims, so your Model E1 is not gonna have the built-in anti-flood device, so it's gonna require an external anti-flood device. And also, like we discussed uh, in the first question, yep. it, it's gonna have the full check valve on there as mm -hmm. well that needs to be piped in to prevent the water from getting to the accelerator also. Whereas the D2 accelerator is gonna have a little bit more simple trim because it has a built-in anti-flood device mm -hmm. that in the accelerator itself, even though water's still gonna fill the trim, 
it's going to get up to that uh, D2 accelerator, but the anti-flood device is going to prevent water from getting to the accelerator to the upper chamber where it would flood it out. So with, the, with those two being said, the E1 is a little bit more sensitive. It operates on a quick loss of about one and a half PSI, where the D2 accelerator is more up around two PSI for a quick loss on it. So if you have a system uh, riser mounted compressor, for example, it might be recommended to use the D2 over the E1 in that situation. However, both could still be used as possibilities. It's just keep in mind the E1 is going to be a little bit more sensitive than the D2. Okay. Um, in this particular case, we've got a, a, a high system water pressure under this question. He's got a a, well, he's got water pressure of 190 PSI, but the F1 dry valve is only rated for 175. Is So he's kind of he's searching, is there anything you can do about this? Is this a real problem? What's the, what's the answer for a situation like this? Well, the easiest option that we offer would be our Model G series dry pipe mm -hmm. valve. So when we designed that, uh, we had a c customers that were requesting for an externally resettable dry pipe valve. So we developed the G series valve and that's rated to 250 PSI where mm -hmm. the F1's only rated to 175 PSI. Now another option, if the F1's already installed and you notice this, or if uh, the customer really wants to go with the Model F dry pipe valve, in that case, we do have uh, pressure regulating valves that could go upstream mm -hmm. of multiple wet or dry systems to reduce that pressure down below 175 in order still to use the Model F dry pipe valve. Okay, uh, important there, I would imagine, to make sure you calc that into your hydraulic calculations. Yes, for <laughs> so, sure. <laughs> um, okay, so the final question then is, uh, why does the E1 accelerator need an anti external anti-flood device, but the D2 doesn't. So we've kind of covered that before, but let's finish up with, let's finish up with reiterating that design. Yeah, going uh, back into the E1 and D2 accelerator, we developed the Model D accelerator with a built-in anti-flood device. So as the air comes through and the water starts to fill the trim after the system trips, the water's gonna come through the, the lower chamber and it's gonna go into the middle chamber, but before it passes through to the upper chamber where it could actually flood out the accelerator, there's the anti-flood device, which is on the face of the D2 accelerator, and it's got a little device in there that's going to seal off the path of the water so you can't get through to the upper chamber mm -hmm. where it would cause it to get flooded out. Mm -hmm. So the E1 accelerator has the external anti-flood device that would be ordered along with it when it's installed on the Model F dry pipe valve and it's needed in that type of system. Okay, great. Well, that's the, uh, that's the extent of our questions here. And uh, so we've reached the end. This has been uh, Viking Tech Talks uh, with uh, Sean Kramer. And um, so uh, if you've got any questions, you can certainly contact uh, uh, Technical Services, uh, email at uh, techsvcs at vikingcorp.com. Uh, and what's that phone number again, Sean? Do you remember what the phone Our number is? Our toll-free number is 877-384-5464. So keep submitting those. We've got uh, uh, well-experienced individuals, but Sean and Caleb Case, that are 
that are answering phone calls uh, and answering your technical emails. And hey, one of them might even just get onto one of these here podcasts. So it's been uh, great talking with you again today, this week, Sean, and uh, we look forward to next week's session, probably on something equally interesting like, oh, I don't know, pre-action systems or something like that. Thank you, Jim. All right.